Hello, welcome to Sweet Baby Gay, a podcast about queer stories and a place to learn about the community. My name is Abby. I am your host. I am with Reed today. Hello. Reed is with me today as most of our intros. Um, today I have a great interview for you. I have Erin Hadamer. Um, if you don't know who that is, that she is just a big TikTok star. She's very funny, does a lot of comedy stuff um, and all of that. So we'll be having that interview coming up soon. Um, before that, we're just going to do a little catching up, though. So um, how, how are you, Reed? I'm fine. I, I just feel like sometimes when we do these, it's like... You're checking in on me. Do I be fully honest? Do I talk about like my aches and pains throughout the day? Sure. What do you guys want to know? Sure. I think everyone wants to know everything. What? Do, how was your day today? My day was really good. Um, I had a new staff within my classroom. Uh, I always have new staff in my classroom. That, that's like no big surprise. Uh, but she said, I deserve teacher of the year. You do deserve teacher of the year. I was year. like, that's right. Because guess what? The system's rigged. And they said that I cannot get Teacher of the Year twice in a row. And they I was, said that? They did. And you know what? It looks like I'm not going to be as great this year then. <laughs> I should have. You should have told me that ahead of time. Oh, my God. That's why they didn't. Yeah. Because at this point now, you're working for next year's Teacher of the Year. I'm not working for anything anymore. You know who I'm working for? My students. You can't say their names, but... Super illegal. We love them. They're all so cute. I've never met them, but I know a lot of them about a lot of them. I don't know if it's weird to say that I love my students. I feel like that's, yeah, I feel like it's like one of those weird middle grounds where it's like, yeah, I love them. And it's like love. Love is a hard word. You care about them deeply. I care about their safety. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good one. Um, I hope everyone noticed we got some new equipment I'm so excited about. Um, I was not able to use it for the interview, but hopefully you guys are noticing a sound difference. Um, we are working to get our sound a little better for you guys. So this was our first step. I'm so excited about it. I feel like you should have did a transition similar to when color television became a thing. Where they went from grayscale to full color. So you should have used your old mic setup and then suddenly the quality is significantly better. Suddenly. Well, yeah. I used my own mic setup in the interview, but I'm, yeah, we have a new mic setup. We each have our own mics right now. Yeah. Oh, so happy about it. Maybe we can do a little cut and paste and be like, hello, hello, hello. And then the last hello is with the new system. Hello, hello. 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 Welcome to 2022. Sweet baby gay. The future. Woo. So, yeah, so I just hope everyone really enjoys the audio now and know that we are making steps to make it even better for you guys. Um, we are investing, meaning Abby. Yes, I'm investing a lot. Yeah, what else? We had a really uh, good weekend as per usual. We um, hung out with some friends, went to the river. Uh, but besides that, nothing's really going on. Oh, my you, sister's graduating. Another one bites the dust Woo! out of the... What is your, what is your I don't know. Name? My, my, what's Lizzie's last name? Lizzie's last name is my mom's last name. I like that. My last name. We all have different last names. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom had kids with multiple, and then, and then she has the new kids, and their last names are a name that I don't want to share. I feel like I shouldn't share their last names on the podcast. Your, the mom's gonna, us, your mom is definitely going to kill you for putting on a blast about. Having, I'm oh. sorry. Public knowledge. Me and my mom, my sister don't have the same dad. Bum, bum, bum. Surprise twist. My mom's also not married to either of our dads. Surprise twist. I have no dad. Bum, <gasps> bum, bum. JK, I do have a dad. We're all about If this. you see him, please let him know. I'm doing great. <laughs> Maybe give me a call. 
Take me out to dinner. Take me to dinner, baby. Don't say that part. He's homophobic. Mm. Maybe cut that part out. No, go ahead and leave it in there. Leave it. Let the he knows what he is. <laughs> oh my god! All he right. self-identifies. All right, all right. Is there anything you want to tell the audience before we move on to some important updates? Uh, no. Okay. Cool. Watch Stranger Things. Oh my gosh, we've like we're caught up on Stranger Things. There's still whenever I say, "Oh, how did you guys like the ending of Stranger Things?" Everyone loves to correct me and be like, "There's still two episodes." I know there's still two episodes. Oh, there's only two episodes left. Only two episodes left. But That's I'm lame. Oh, it's very lame. But I'm also people will be like, "You know, it's not." I'm like, Wait "I'm aware." What I'm if aware. there's not two episodes left? It's a Stranger Things movie. <gasps> That'd be cool. <laughs> Point is, is we finished it, and apparently a lot of people find it didn't like it i loved it i think this season has been great great it sucked me back in i was scared there was plenty of times where reed had fallen asleep while we were watching it and i had my because i ain't scared of no ghost and i had my head shoved into their back because i was dark and i was scared and by myself and it, it was scary it was kind of scary. There was a lot of like uh, body horror, which I don't really mess around with a lot. Um, the poverty. There was a lot of poverty, which is scary. <laughs> uh, Hopper was in Russia. Russia. Ooh, Ooh, scary. scary. They also had to make Russia. like a thing. They had to make like a um, disclaimer, like we filmed this before all of the stuff that's going on right now. This is not a political statement. <laughs> Yeah, unlike uh, House of Cards, which oh try to pretend, try to milk as much as possible that they predicted the future. Yeah, Stranger Things is not trying to do that, but um, I thought that was really funny. But yeah, if you haven't watched yet, I highly recommend it. I love the way that they're taking the story. I think that while it was a little bit predictable, like some people are like, well, it was too predictable. And I'm like, okay, so what? Like, it was still well done. True. Very well done. Um and I'm just really interested. I'm loving the character development. I'm loving the horror. I'm loving the, the storyline. It's all great. We're also trying to figure out uh, our Harry Styles sexuality. Yeah, that's another thing. Not we are Harry Styles everywhere. sexuality. We are trying to figure out our sexuality towards Harry Styles. Do you want to share how you feel about Harry Styles? How do I feel about Harry Styles? Jeez, really put me on blast. You brought this up. Uh, I want to kiss him. But like passionately but he's not my boyfriend but i do like it when he introduces me to his friends it's one of those types of situations <laughs> you guys know what i'm talking about i am really curious because i think a lot of people have mixed opinions about harry styles i think that for me i harry styles is not out as queer but is definitely loved by the queer community is he loved by the queer community? Yeah. Or, all of us? Not all of us. I think, but like, I, I, to me, Harry Styles is kind of queer baiting. Like, I think that's my problem. Straight people like, really love Harry Styles because they he makes them feel weird things in their pants. And I think queer people are like, okay, well, like that's just my friend Fred down the street. Well, I also think that like like he's he has not stated like I've looked it up. He has not stated his sexuality, and part of me thinks that that might be queer baiting because he knows that like. He kind of 
comes off a little like queer and loves to like mess with gender and everything so he doesn't want to like say oh i'm just straight what if he was one of those people that wants to go by no labels like raven simone he easily does she raven had, simone go by no labels she has a significant other she does not identify as anything she identifies first as a human being then i i think a citizen of new orleans raven simone i have not thought about her in forever she's very dusty and crusty and i love that you love that? No, 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 no. What? No, no, no. Why? That's backwards. She also doesn't identify as black. Oh, really? She's like a all lives matter kind of chick. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, my mom used to love That's So Raven. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, she took me to a That's So Raven concert. I had a concert at weird. King's Dominion when I was really young. It was the first concert I ever been went to was to see Raven Simone. <laughs> I feel like you saw the Cheetah Girls. No, I saw Raven Simone. It was called That's So Raven concert. It was called the Raven Simone concert. That's so weird. Who wants to go see exclusively Raven Simone? Me. Uh, me and my mother when I was five years old. Mm, it I was mean, at King's Dominion. That's just one of those weird things that I don't imagine white families bopping to. Like, put my on mom, that Raven Simone track. My mom loved the show That's So Raven. Like, that was the one that she wanted me to put on all the time if I was like, if we were going to watch my TV. Did your mom get excited when Raven saw Into the Future? She was like, oh, here yeah. we go. I was like, oh, I wish I had those powers. Really? I don't know. That's so weird. <laughs> That's what I imagine my mom thinking. And then my dad loved SpongeBob. Those were the two things my parents loved that were my shows. That's so funny. My mother loved Young and the Restless. My father loved the news and <laughs> did not talk to me. Um, yeah, so before we get into it, though, I want to let you guys know, next week, I am going to have a great interview for you guys. I interviewed the two um, owners of uh, Queer, sorry, it's Q-W-E-A-R, it is a online fashion incubator is what they call it, which I think is so fun, um, but basically they just talk about queer fashion and give some representation within it and talk about how it can be helpful for people's mental health and sometimes even very how it can also be essential for some people's mental health when they're coming out and figuring out their like sexuality and gender and everything um so i had a great interview for them for next week that i'm super excited about i would love to get some um stories from our listeners about how fashion has helped you and maybe a time where you felt like fashion helped you with your sexuality or gender expression or anything in general. For me, fashion is more about my body image as far as my weight, and that's how I relate to it, and less with my gender and sexuality. So I'd also love to hear those kind of stories. Um, So if you are comfortable sharing, you can keep it anonymous. You can let me know your name, but you can email me at sweetbabygaypod at gmail.com. And the week after that, I will be doing a deep dive into um, the Stonewall Riots, because the week after that, the episode actually comes out on the 28th, which is the day the Stonewall Riots started. Um, So I'm really excited about that one, to learn all about that, because there's a lot of information I've learned recently that I didn't know. I'd love to do a deep dive into that. So that's going to be really exciting. So that episode will be coming the week after that. Um, Besides that, I think everything's good. I think we're ready for this interview. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hope y'all enjoy it. Bye. Bye. You want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah. Hi. My name is Erin Hadamer. Um, I am gay. Um, I'm (laughs) bi and are gay. I use them interchangeably. Um, And I people only know me because I started doing TikTok, basically. Yeah, very fun to take <laughs> I 
literally that's was just sitting and looked there. That's all I'm known for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sit and looked through. So I started following you a while ago um, because you do like skits and everything. Like you're, you have like Twilight skits that you did recently and I, they, they cracked me up and everything. So I started following you for that a while ago. And then one time I saw you post something with like LGBTQ as a hashtag. And I was like, I should keep an eye on that. <laughs> gay. I think I think she's gay. I think she might be gay. <laughs> yeah. I like I feel not feel bad, but like I just like people have no idea per video because sometimes I'll be only talking about women. Then I'll talk about an ex I dated who's a guy, and then I'll be like, I'm a lesbian. Like I just change it every single video. I don't know why. I think just to be rude to everyone. I like to use, so I'm bisexual as well. So I like to use like, I use, I say gay, I say queer, I say bisexual, I say pansexual. Um, but I think I say gay the most. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gay. Like I'm gay. But when I'm with my parents or when I'm like other straight people, I'll say bye. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Cause they're, they're just like, they don't, they're like, wait, what? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that you were. And you're like, I- honestly, I've stopped telling people not out of shame, out of sheer laziness. I'm okay. like, they'll figure it out eventually. And if not, then <laughs> okay. Fair, fair, fair. How long ago did you come out? I was 22 and I came out. So okay. I was like 21, 20, 21. I think I was 21 when I came out to most people. And I was like 22-ish when I came out to my parents. Okay, can I ask how old you are? Yeah, 25. Okay, that's my age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm new-ish to the party, but I've always been in the I only came out at the beginning of the pandemic. So, like, there's so... And I talked to people who came out, like, last year. It's like everyone in the past couple years, it's, like, starting to be the age in your 20s where you're like, I'm figuring this out now. Right. I now see what like how I'm figuring this out and stuff like that but yeah yeah what was that like for you though like what was how did you like experience like figure it out and everything um I like knew I liked girls by like sophomore sophomore year in high school um because I had a huge crush on one of my friends and I was like I think I like girls and I was like well I like guys too I'm like okay well I'm probably what they call bi because like even like 2012 it was still like what what's what's sexuality and I was like so I'll just deny I like girls and just date guys for the rest of my life like that's fine um and I did for a really long time um and then when I did semester at C which is a study abroad program and I met a group of friends there and they're like the best group of friends I've ever met and everyone was gay <laughs> um <laughs> I, the first time I met them, I was like, I don't know if I'm gay or not. Um, and then we all just got super close and finally I just felt comfortable to come out and be like, I like girls. Um, I like guys too kind of thing. Um, it wasn't even like some big announcement or anything that just completely accepted me. Um, and then after that, I went back to college and I just fully just started saying I was bi if people asked, no one cared. And then I kind of came out to my mom, (laughs) sort of. I was like, oh, on semester at sea, I kind of was dating a girl. Dating's a strong word. More like I was kissing her and then we were hanging out. (laughs) Um, And she was like, oh, so you were experimenting. And I was like, oh, well, if I was, this is a lifelong experiment. And uh, the the conclusion is conclusive. Like, isn't life kind of an experiment if you really think about it? Yeah. And then like never really talked about it. Yeah, it came out like a. I didn't come out to my dad till like 2019, I think. And I, he 
he was like, okay. Like he didn't really know how to respond, but it's not, none of his business. He doesn't have to hook up with girls. Yeah. Um, except my mom. <laughs> um, yeah. He's kind of stuck there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, it, it was, my big thing was not about, I had, I knew most of my friends in high school and I knew most of my family would be okay. Um, my dad, I, he's a Republican. Um, and I just remember him one time talk comparing gay people getting married to like penguins getting married or marrying a penguin. And I remember my response was like, why can't I marry a penguin? Um, <laughs> and like he has grown as a person and isn't like that anymore. But at the time it was like 2010 or something. It was so scary. But my big thing was like, I just didn't want to be like the gay kid in school. Yeah. Yeah. They like were extra attention kind of. Yeah. And not like I think anyone would be overly mean or anything. I lived in a small town, but like my friend was gay. Um, he's the one I walked to graduation with. So I feel like people should have known. But I was like, I was like, there's no really openly gay girls. And I was like, I don't want to be the one like that's just going to be a whole hassle. And so I just kept it to myself for a while. Yeah. I mean, and that's OK. If that's what you decide to do and everything. Right, so your dad's like taking it well now and everything. Yeah, no, he's fine. Yeah. He, it was just like, honestly, when I was younger, it's like, it, it, I just like, I have, a, I have a very vague memory of my mom being like, well, marriage is between a man and a woman and me being like, like 10. And just like, kind of, that was always in the back of my head. Like, I had no doubt my parents like wouldn't still love me and be totally okay with it. But I was like, it for me not be so. Yeah. And like, I don't know if this was your experience with your family, but like, I, it's normally out of like ignorance when they're saying those things. And then it's like, once they're like faced with it, it's like, oh, okay, this is what it's actually what it is. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I hold nothing against them for it. I think my coming out experience was totally fine. Um, my ongoing joke with them is that I still don't think they fully believe I'm gay because I've never brought a woman home. <laughs> okay. Like, I just talk about being gay, but I never actually like date anyone. So they're like, what, 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 I don't, hmm, Aaron, I'm suspicious. <laughs> You know, like, don't, don't question it. Don't question it. I feel like that's the like curse of being bisexual is if you're not with a woman, everyone's like, mm, I don't think that this is real. And you're like, ah, I don't know how to explain this to you any more than I have. Oh yeah. I'd rather just be full gay. I think that'd be easier. Probably, probably. It would cut down the dating pool a lot. <laughs> I just like, I, I, I haven't made the TikTok yet, but you know, like that TikTok where someone does two punches. Yeah. 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 I was going to do one where it was like people. Pe- what people had to accept and it was like me being uh gay and then it was gonna be me being bi huge swing yes oh my gosh I've had like close friends called me lesbian before and it's like I'm like you don't you're not getting this moment right now like you're not getting that like when you say that you're like like I feel like you think you're being supportive but you are like cutting out half of myself and like everything and it's just <laughs> people just sometimes don't understand bisexuality yeah it's, it's, it's the weird one to have, honestly, like, you know, I, I can't help who I am, but yeah, sometimes I'm kind of like, I wish I could fully be in the community or feel like I am, you know what I mean? That's part of like what the purpose of this podcast is, is like to show all these different sides of being queer and that like they all are important and like deserve to take up space because I, for a long time, I, because I was bisexual and I was only dating men. It's like, I knew I was bisexual. I had no shame around it. I just like never said anything because I was like, Oh, I don't really want to take up space. But then the way that that was holding myself back was like something I didn't realize. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. But can we talk about your comedy? Oh, sure. <laughs> so um, you do TikToks and everything. What else do you do? Um, I have done stand up in the past. I haven't done stand up in like a year, actually. Um, I started going to grad school last year. And so I also have a full time job um, with the school. So I'm just I'm just always working. I didn't have time to do stand up. I've done it in the past. I did it in college when I was in Boston. I've done it in L.A. And I never had a TikTok um, because I didn't want to get addicted to it. (laughs) The curse. Yeah. (laughs) And my cousin was sending me like organization videos and I was like, oh, so satisfying. And so finally I was like, okay, I'll get a TikTok. And I just looked through all the organization videos and my friends started following me and I was like, oh, I'll post little funny videos. Um, And I posted one and I woke up the next day and it had half a million. I was like, oh Oh my (laughs) God. So it was like an overnight thing. That was like a big, what really hit it off was, um, that one was just, it wasn't even that good of a TikTok. It was like, it was just me doing a voice thing. It wasn't like a sketch or anything. The thing that really took off is when I did the sketches on Katanji Brown Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I I impersonated the Republicans asking her the questions they asked her. Okay. And I don't want to sound ignorant here, but I'm terrible at names. Who is this person? Oh, it was going to be the new Supreme Court justice. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm terrible with names, so in my mind, it's just all those people like the supreme court justice i'm like "Mm." okay i'm caught up (laughs) um but basically just like i don't know what the republicans are smoking sometimes but like they were just asking her the most bizarre and random questions and like this woman god bless her was just like this is not relevant to this job like ted cruz asked if she thought babies were racist and like it so I was just like, okay, I got to make fun of these guys. And then that was the one that was shared. And that was the one that really started everything. Yeah. Wait, he asked if like they thought babies were racist. Yes. It, zero sense. It was like, she is on a board of a school. Like she helps fund the school and the school was reading this book called like talking about what racism is and like how racism isn't inherent it's a thing that's taught and like from from being a baby like you can be taught what racism is and he was like pointing out the book and he was like it says babies are racist and I'm like you need to stop smoking heroin cocaine (laughs) have you seen there's like okay so there's uh I think he was running for senate or possibly like governor or something in North Carolina and uh he like got a lot of backlash from the Republican like community because he just on an interview was like, yeah, like you'd be surprised how many, uh, how many coworkers have invited me to orgies and to like do all these drugs. And everyone was oh. like, don't say that we do those things. And he was like, but, but you that make better people, honestly, at this point. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It was just really funny that he got backlash and everyone's like that person. And I'm like, well, I mean, he is telling the truth, probably. <laughs> like, oh, I, I could see this being true. Any powerful, any powerful politician, you know, they have like a swimming pool full of gold with like. Yeah. Sex I just like that's what I picture. That is 100 percent what I picture. I just. Yeah, I do, so. I do poke them a lot. I try not to just fully just explain how much dicks they are. I do try to be funny. Yeah. There's no point in just railing on someone without, like, the comedy part. Um, well, 
I, I get that because like personally I have an easier time in taking like taking things in when there is like a comedy aspect to it so like um a lot of times I'll like start my news day with like like when I'm watching the news I'll start with like late night shows to like get me the gist and then I'll do deep dives after that but it's like for me that's like easier transition into like the news is when there's like a little bit of comedy with it mm, yeah everything but what are you so what are you in um school for uh, I'm in school for creative writing. Okay. What are you, um, what kind of writing do you do? Oh man. Who knows at this point? Um, I went in thinking I was going to do nonfiction. I want to do like nonfiction comedy. Um, then I thought of this idea for a thesis and I really am leaning towards fiction now. However, I wrote a poem and it got published, which is insane. And then I have another idea for my thesis that is nonfiction. So I'm basically all over the place right now. Okay. Can I ask what your thesis um, ideas are? Or is that? Uh, no. That's, what are your um, thesis I'm ideas? Between a fiction book and a nonfiction book. Uh, the fiction book is about uh, two, um, about 25, 26 year olds. They both head back to their hometown. Their two best friends went missing on the same day 10 years ago, never solved. And so it's about these two people kind of from different worlds coming back to their hometown to solve this missing person's case. But it's not really like a crime thriller. It's really more about um, kind of arrested adulthood and how you think your life's going to fit these certain narratives, but it doesn't. How did you yeah, that- come up with that idea? Um, I started writing slash thinking about it when I was 19, I transferred um, schools. I was at Chapman University in Orange County. I hated it. Only good reason I was there is I met my best friend, Emily. Woot woot. And I literally, I was at my, I was my there for my sophomore year. I was two days into my sophomore year and I was like, nope, not going to do it. So I sold all my stuff. I headed back. I did the most Irish exit of all time. No one knew I left except my friend. Um, like my teachers emailed me and were like, you missed class today. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss class forever. <laughs> You're like, surprise. You're not going to see me next week either. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was too late to apply for schools for the next year. So I basically was stuck at home for six months. And, you know, when you're in high school, when you're 18, I mean, this might not be everybody, but I feel like it is like, you think you have your whole life planned out. Like, okay, I'm going to go to college for this many years. Then I'm going to do grad school. Then I want to do this. And I'm going to get married by the time I'm 25. And I'm going to do and kind of go on. And that whole entire narrative for me just like came crashing down. I was working at Kohl's (laughs) as customer service. (laughs) It was a bad time. And when I was at the customer service desk and uh, no one was around, like we couldn't be on our phones, I would take receipt paper and start writing the idea for the story. Oh, that's so cool, though. Do you still have the receipt papers? No, no. (laughs) I don't know where those... That would have been... I would have probably done it. I definitely would do that as my thesis if I had kept that paper. That would have been so cool. Yeah, right? (laughs) But the the plot has changed so many times. Like, my original idea was just to take these two kids from high school that basically had no connection to each other. Like, because this girl I went to elementary school with came into Coles one day. Mm -hmm. were best friends in fifth grade um I didn't even know her by that point I was like who the hell is that and then I remembered her and she's like yeah I went I, I'm a sommelier now or something like that and I was like that's so odd like the connections you can have with people even though you're so 
like, mm. I don't know. It's just interesting to see p- people like after high school or see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So me and my best friend, we went to high school together. Um, but we, I went to a really small high school, so we like knew each other, but we didn't like talk and we became best friends because we went to the same college. Mm. And like, so I, I like can relate to that, like idea of like, you know, someone of someone and then you're like afterwards. I don't know. I guess I just, I, at the same time, I'm not going to mm. spill names, but this kid went around the time we graduated, graduated, uh, robbed a bank. Oh, this oh. one that was <gasps> Wait, what? Really? Okay. Sorry. That was really funny. My town is famous for bank robbing. My seventh grade English teacher also robbed a bank. It's Wait, very common. Why do you, did they, I'm guessing they all get caught. Yeah, no, they were caught, but it was this very nice person. Like they were a very cool person, very smart, very kind. And I was thinking, I'm like, wow, they're probably, I don't know. I think they didn't go to jail. I think they went to Side costs. So I don't know, honestly, but I was like, wow, like I went to college and I, you know, got straight A's and I wanted to pursue this life and I'm back home doing nothing. And then this kid that rubbed a bank is back home doing nothing. And I'm like, whoa, we're both in the same space right now, even though we didn't think that's where we would be. And I kind of wanted to play with that idea and slowly it just evolved into the longer story. Yeah. I think so many people are going to relate to that because I know so many people, me included, like, you get into your twenties and you're just like my life. This is not what I pictured. And like, sometimes that feels good. Cause you're just like, that just means you don't have to plan out the rest of your life. Oh no, I'm completely at peace with it now. But like, I remember at the time being 19, it was like the most devastating realization. Yeah. Well, cause you um, don't understand what like adulthood is. You think that like, if you don't have it planned out, everyone tells you, you have to have it planned out. So if you don't, it just feels crippling. Yeah. And I guess I just liked the, that idea of, um, I came up with the, actually, I won't, I don't want to spoil too much in case I actually do write it, but <laughs> I came up with the idea of them going missing because of a true crime story I heard that was fascinating. And I liked the idea of these two people that are kind of stuck in their twenties in this hometown. And they're trying to look for these people that literally went missing when they're 15. So Physically and I mean, physically, maybe, I don't know, but we don't know what happens to the missing people. And then like metaphorically stuck and kind of having that best friend as like um, a shadow to them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to, that's a really good idea. I think even if you don't do it as your thesis, you should definitely like pursue that in the future. I think I'm, I have to write it eventually. I have so many random pages of it somewhere. Um, the hardest part's going to be the plot. <laughs> <laughs> What's your writing like? So I have, I don't do, like, I'm not a writer or anything. So I'm really curious about the writing process. Do you, are you someone that like will plan out your entire plot and then start writing or, and do you like write straight through? Or are you kind of like here, there and everywhere? Uh, here and there and everywhere. I can't imagine. I mean, I haven't met someone that fully, I guess maybe some of the poetry majors, but um, no, I get weird spurts of inspiration. My, at least for the project I just mentioned the plot obviously is important but I really wanted to get the individual dialogues of each of the characters Mm. um so if I have an idea I'm like wow like I thought of this like wow they must be going through that feeling of I don't know I like get up my laptop and just write like five pages of just their inner dialogue and then basically I have been kind of 
arranging their inner dialogues into so how I'm writing it is each chapter is one person's point of view. Okay. Um, so it just goes back and forth between the two main characters whose names I don't know yet. They have placement names, but okay. yeah. So they're both dealing with different mental health problems. So I like, I, I will just kind of think about being in a certain headspace and just write forever. And then slowly, cause I went to film school. So I'm kind of trying to follow the hero's journey arc to kind of give it some sort of um, plot. But yeah, no, I'm sure there's some people that plan the whole entire thing out. They have the whole entire plot. But basically, I remember when I was talking to a professor about this year, I was like, I have the characters I want. I have the ideas I want. I just need everything else. Yeah, and what was their advice to you? (laughs) Um, They didn't... uh, (laughs) (laughs) ended up advisor, so I'm sure he's going to have more. I mean, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, like that's the, that's the meat of a book, you know, don't worry about plot, worry about what it means. But I, we talked a lot about different studies on like how you can set up different plots or whatever. So he just gave me some advice on that, but I don't know. We'll see what he says when I get, come bring with my two ideas. I don't know what to do. What's the idea for the nonfiction book? Yeah. So this one's kind of recent idea. So. I was going to do kind of a series of essays in chronological order about my eating disorder. Okay. Um, have it be very funny. Um, <laughs> okay. A lot of stand up about my eating disorder. And I liked the idea of prefacing every chapter with kind of a little bit of my stand up, like my written notes stand up, which look insane. I don't even know where they are right now. Kind of, this is what the kind of what the joke is. And then going to the chapter and each one's kind of a different point in my life from like beginning to currently with my eating disorder. That's just going to be harder to write. Also, because like some people are going to get hurt in the process because it is based off real life. But I do like the idea of writing a comedy nonfiction book. And I feel like no one's ever written a comedy book about an eating disorder. Yeah. And I I think that um, I was reading, uh, watching uh, TikToks. I watched too many TikToks, but uh, someone was talking about how with disorders and like disabilities and everything that you should be able to joke about them in the sense that it's humanizing to joke about things because like it is a human trait to take tragic or like hard things and like make it funny because that's how you like cope with things. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I always just was like, it never occurred to me that you could be mean while being funny, I guess. It never occurred, especially if I was talking about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like I have, I've, I've had some people that are like, oh, I don't like your standup because you talk about mental health and you're being funny about it and stuff. And I'm like, I totally respect that if you don't want to listen to it. But I, there's this advice I got or not advice, I should say, but I was in a class one time and I was with this other comedian dude And he was like, laughter does not equal applause. People don't laugh because they agree with something. They laugh at a relief. They laugh at a shock. So when I'm making a joke about my eating disorder and the the audience laughs at it, they're laughing because they feel they can, they have a certain amount of comfort to laugh. They feel kind of to laugh at it. And I feel the same way. Interesting. I never thought, like I... I like understand that like laughter is a response to something, but I never thought about it being like a relief. That actually makes a lot of sense because like 
my sister laughs when she's like nervous. <laughs> she's the worst nervous laughter and it gets her into trouble sometimes. And like, so like that makes perfect sense. I don't know. I've always like when people tell super like offensive jokes, um, I'm not giving them a pass or anything. It's just like when the audience laughs at that, it's they're laughing at the shock value of it. They're not actually like laughing at the meanness of it, I guess. I mean, at least unless they are evil people, but like that's usually people's reaction. And I kind of, I never think anyone's laughing at me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, has writing about your eating disorder really helped, like helped you through it? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm at a point if I can write about it too seriously, which is also a reason I'm not sure about the thesis. I, my eating disorder is really tied to my OCD, which is totally fine to tell jokes about. Um, but I wasn't in treatment for my eating disorder, which I had for like five years and still currently struggle with until like 2019. And I never really digested <laughs> pun <laughs> that I had an eating disorder until I went to the clinic and that was like early 2020. So it's still kind of hard to even think. Um, I like playing the juxtaposition that I'm fat and have an eating disorder. I think that's really interesting. I think that makes people more comfortable um, because they can see I'm like, okay, and not like completely unhealthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It, it's so funny. Like on my TikToks, I always think like when I post political ones, people are going to be so mad and say horrible things in the comments and they never do. It's only on the ones where I talk about weight that people say horrible things. Um, people are freaking trolls. I'm just like, why do you have the energy to do this? Like, like I don't even have the energy to be nice, let alone be mean. Exactly. I like, I have random people that'll start trolling on my Instagram and uh, my partner gets on my case though. Cause sometimes I do engage because I get just frustrated and I'm like, I'm not going to let these people treat me this way. And then I just engage and then it gets worse. But like, I'm like, sometimes I look at their profiles and I'm like, are you just bored? Like what? yeah and they're kind of like a nobody or they could be a bot I think it's I think it's funny because like I've always been the fat kid I've always been the big kid so when they they're like you're fat you're ugly I'm like you are you gotta pull up new material like what (laughs) this is not news like like barely like the wall I've built up around this insecurity is so fucking thick you need anything else yeah, you're like this random person who I don't know is not about to like break my spirit. It's like chill out. Sometimes people say really funny things. My problem is is like I started responding to a bunch of them, being funny, and then gaslighting a bunch of them, and then they were report me for being mean or whatever, which is ironic because so I had to kind of stop doing that. But like even the other day, someone was like, "I bet you can't go without eating healthy for 24 hours," and I was like, "Why did you say that?" Like, I saw your response. You were like. I- pizza and I was like I laughed at that one I was like yeah <laughs> and my family was like oh pizza's here and I was like say that again I'm gonna make a TikTok <laughs> I love that I love that that's great has your uh TikTok been like making TikToks has that helped you with um like creating your comedy and stuff yeah definitely um I by the end of 2019 I had graduated school I graduated in the fall um And I decided to stay in LA 
Um, cause I was in Los Angeles at the time, which is the worst city in the world. Um, I believe that. Yeah. Talks. Um, because I was part of a comedy contest and it could really take off if you, if you let it. Um, and I was okay. No, I want to stay. I want to do this. And my eating disorder was the worst that had ever been. And finally I was on the phone. My mom, my mom's like, okay, you need to stop. You need to go. You need to go to a clinic. And so I was living in an Airbnb out of one room. I went to this clinic every single day, all day, up until like six or seven at night. And I just go sleep at home. And then the contest happened and I got past the first round and I didn't get past the second round. And I was like, fuck it. I hate being in LA. I hate all of this. Like, I don't know if I want to be a professional comedian. Like, is this really my life? Um, And then COVID happened and I went home. Um, kind of hung out for a year, did a little bit of stand up online because I have a comedian friend, but not really. And I was like, well, I'll go to Chicago and see if I want to do stand up, but it wasn't my priority. And TikTok just gave me so, gave me back all my confidence in comedy. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. It was everyone's response to ev- everything was just like, it was overwhelmingly, it just like gave me so much hope again, I guess. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite like type of TikToks? Cause you do like sketches, you do like responses, everything. What's your favorite kind to make? Oh man, I need to do more sketches. I just, I'm, I've just moved and I started a new job and I'm like, Oof. um, I like when I do the responses, even though I get in trouble for them because then the oh. other person. I like, do- <laughs> yeah. I, I like doing the ones that are a little more serious and political. I feel like that actually really helps people. Um, I've only done a few of them because honestly, I ain't out here trying to be an informational TikTok. Someone else can do that. But like, I'll make joke. I'll, you know, I made one about like the um, racial wealth gap and I made a follow-up TikTok about it. And like, people were like, oh, this is handy. Like, this is information I did not know. And like, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this is helpful. Or like, I made a TikTok recently about asking people to vote locally and making sure register where they're voted. I have that in my notes for bringing it up because I think that I was like watching that and I would love like for you to tell, uh, talk about that and like give the link that you have and everything. Cause I think that it's really important. Oh yeah. So it, oh gosh, what's it's like, <laughs> Oh God, what's it even called? If you oh, go to, it's, I have it written. Now. It's feel good and vote.com. Yeah. Feel good and vote.com. Um, reached out and they're like, we're trying to get people to remember to vote locally because if the Roe v. Wade thing happens, which it looks like it's going to happen, basically it's up to states' rights. It's up to the states. And I feel like people don't focus enough on voting locally. They only think of nationally. So when it comes to a woman's right to like an abortion or like other uh, contraceptives, God forbid, um, it looks like it's going to be on a state level. So people really, at least until we can get a federal law through or the Supreme court can get their head out of their asses and actually realize people have a right to fucking privacy. Anyways, it's to provide women with safe abortions. We're going to have to do that at the local level. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in, so I'm in Virginia and um, I think that that some people in certain States, they're like, Oh, it's not as important because my state is very heavily this way and very heavily that way. Whereas like my, my state, Virginia, we, have gone back and forth. We're not like Florida go back and forth, but we go back and forth every like 10 years or so. And right now we are experiencing a shift towards more um, conservative. Like our, we just got a conservative governor and everything. And he like says that he is in support of like overturning Roe v. Wade. So like when I was watching that video, I was like, yeah, that 
is very important. Like in states where it is up for debate, it is very important. Right. I don't, it's the whole, I mean, it's devastating and it, it was very sad to hear and everything. Um, but there are safe haven states. The problem is, you know, I think of like the South, specifically like the Southeast, like where it's just like, if you're in the middle of that sea of red, like you, you're going to have to travel far to get an abortion and that costs money. So yeah, it's just, and I feel like people don't know is like local politicians feel so much pressure from people because you, they are, they can be so easily voted out. They don't have the money or resources necessarily. So it's good to pressure your local officials. Cause even, you know, you got to think even like your local police is like, uh, that's under your local government. That's not all federal. Like if you want to see changes in policing or completely just like tear down of this police system and rebuilding something new, like you're going to have to vote locally too. Yeah. Yeah. I think people like I, I mean, I've only been able to vote for what now, like seven years, but I don't, I think like a few years ago, I didn't even like think about local elections and it's like people do like, it is a big shift that hopefully everyone's doing, but I think only some people are doing. Yeah. Too much focus on, on federal elections or even like presidential elections. You really got to focus on the legislative branch. God, now I sound like a civics teacher. <laughs> You're good. I randomly do this too, where I'm just like, I I have a um I'll like doomsday scroll and then that will get me into like a mood of like needing to learn about it because that's the only way I start to feel better. Is like, okay, how can I actually put some like physical things of what I can do? Yeah. I yeah. It's it's hard not to doom scroll. I get it. Yeah. But for the listeners, make sure you go to, uh, do you have like, you had a extension for it? Yeah. So if you just go to Aaron Hatter or the TikTok, it, it, it's my link on, on my profile. Yeah. And I'll include the link, um, in the show notes that way everyone can go click and make sure you are registered to vote in your local elections. Cause it is very important. Yes. And if you're going to college and you want to vote there, you can like register to vote there and just click on the link. It tells you everything. <laughs> You will be able to figure it out. It is good. I know know how the link works or how to register. I mean, I'm already registered, but. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go. I mean, I have to do that. I should do that this afternoon, but we have a little bit of time. We don't have elections for a little bit, so we're doing good. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? Oh gosh. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I like to always end though with, um, do you have any advice for any baby gays out there? Baby gays. Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> this is not necessarily for baby gays, but I think it's important. It, it can refer to baby gays, but it refers to all baby people. This is like the number one sentence that gave me all my confidence in the world. No one is thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. When you're in your own head thinking like, what are they thinking about this? Or what if I'm doing that? Like, do they care if I'm gay? they are using a fraction of their energy to think about you like that. Meanwhile, it's, you're blowing it up in your head because you can't not think about yourself. You know, when I came out, I was like, Oh my God, everyone's going to have something to say, everything. And it was like the lack of reaction that was so comforting. If you think someone's going to judge you, guess what? They're either not, or they're going to use a 10th of their energy to do so. And then they're going to move on. 
I think that's really powerful. It's like the idea of like nothing matters as much as we give it credit for. Therefore, you can kind of do what you want. <laughs> well, I just like I never really someone said it to me one time and I was like, that's so true. Cause even if I think, you know, when I'm being a mean person and I'm judging someone, I forget about it five minutes later. And yeah. like that probably in their own head all day thinking, am I a good person? Am I doing okay? Da, da, da. Cause like everyone does that. And I think what you have to realize is like you, you're blowing it up more in your head than you think about you more than, more than anyone else does. Yeah. And most likely they're thinking about themselves. They are like worrying about themselves, not even like worrying about you. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's great. Um, do you want to let everyone know your socials and everything before we go? Sure. Um, my TikTok is Aaron Hadamer, E-R-I-N-H-A-T-T-A-M-E-R. Um, and my Instagram and my Twitter are Aaron Hatta. So it's just E-R-I-N-H-A-T-T-A because I was too lazy to spell out my last name. <laughs> fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> when are you going to be making your decision about your thesis? Oh, God. Well, I'm kind of experimenting with writing both this summer. I'm probably going to have to fi- figure out something by the end of fall for sure, but I might be doing a third year where I can totally work on my thesis. So, and I know, I know John Green now, apparently it's on a bunch of my TikToks. So I'm going to ask him for advice. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I would love to, once you like move forward with that, hear all about it and everything that sounds, I'm very fascinated. No, I definitely will. I'm very excited to share it with uh, everyone in the TikTok community. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was great. And yeah. Yeah.